It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, June 15th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wondering, are the Edmonton Oilers a good trade partner for the Flyers this offseason? They could be. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the incredible Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. That's pretty easy. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We've got a mailbag episode coming up tomorrow, so get those questions in. On today's show, we are going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers with special guest Paul Almeida. And he's got a ton of information about where the Oilers are this offseason. So it's a great conversation. And we'll see what that means for the Flyers and their potential trade partners as well. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So hit that subscribe button. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're over on YouTube. So uh, drop us a like and subscribe over there as well. Russ, before we get into that conversation with Paul about the Oilers, a little bit of news that was so good to see. The Professional Hockey Writers Association uh, honored both Al Morganti and Bill Clement with honors that will put them in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's good. Um, You know, I'm a part of the association. I was happy to see it. Uh, it's funny, you know, for all the games I cover, I almost never see Morgani cause he's always down below and maybe he comes up, walks through for like two minutes. And so I've never really conversed with him. I did converse with him in like a restaurant once and, you know, talk hockey with him. And, you know, he's very, uh, is before I was in this business and, and he, you know, very nice guy. So certainly a, a long career and, and he's deserving and Bill Clement, I mean, one of the best. A legend, an absolute legend for Flyers fans, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about it as the Hall of Fame ceremony approaches, but uh, really, really thrilled for both these guys. And I urge people to go look at the video when he did the ESPN broadcast where he stripped down. That's That's what got him in trouble with ESPN, but he is a legend because of it. He is. Wasn't going to bring that one up. Yeah, you got to bring it up. But uh, good good for both of them. All right. With that, here is our conversation about the Edmonton Oilers with Paul Almeida. Like we said at the top of the show, we are thrilled to welcome Paul Almeida from Azorcan.net, who also covers the Edmonton Oilers. And the Oilers are a really interesting study for a team right now having just lost in the playoffs so that still probably stings a little bit but there are some potential opportunities there in terms of what the flyers can do relative to the oilers but first off paul uh, how are the oilers reacting to their sweep by the avalanche well i think most people here are 
pretty much thrilled with how far the Oilers got in the playoffs. And basically it came down to uh, the Avalanche right now are a much deeper and better team than the Edmonton Oilers. And when you factor in the injuries that the Edmonton Oilers had to uh, probably two of three of their most important people, which is Leon Dreisaitl, who I don't know how he kept playing with the injuries that he had. And the other one is Darnell Nurse, who we saw was a shadow of what he could be uh, because of his uh, hip flexor injury. You could see that he, you know, was really making plays that he normally doesn't make. Uh, He wasn't physical as he normally would be. So when you take away your best defenseman and uh, you have, mind you, uh, Drysaddle didn't look too hampered by the injury in terms of his production, but you can see there were times where uh, he was going off the ice and he was in a lot of pain and really laboring. Paul, let's talk about drafting and development for a minute because, you know, they've had McDavid long enough that if they're, Drafting was a little better and their development was a little better. They'd have a little more help and not be so worked up against close to the cap. What do you, what do you feel that's gone wrong there? Because like even someone like Benson, I felt like, wow, I mean, why isn't he playing for them yet? Yeah, I don't know with Benson. I mean, his skating has always been a bit of a, an issue mm-hmm. and he did get a bit of a push, but it just it just hasn't translated. As you know, there's quite a few players whose American Hockey League game just doesn't translate to the NHL game. Yeah. And for Benson, I think for him to be uh, successful he's got to be on one of the top two lines and there just isn't room on the Oilers for him to be on the top two lines if you have McDavid you have Dreisaitl he's a left winger well that's Hyman and Nuge was playing left wing as well this year then you have Fogel who was brought over from the Canes was the third line left winger so you have a situation where he's playing fourth line minutes and really he tried to change his game he tried to be more of a pest. He tried to be more uh, engaged physically, which really is not his game, but you know, he did it and and I give him credit. He did it well when he tried, but uh, you know, when you're looking for your bottom six forwards to uh, basically contribute on the penalty kill and uh, you know, maybe bring some physicality, that's just not something that he's going to be able to do. So given how positive people are feeling about this season and how they performed. Do you think that management is going to be measured in their offseason moves or reactionary? Oh, I think it's going to be a huge offseason for Ken Holland, but there are a lot of moving parts that could really change uh, his, you know, vision for what he can do this summer. Uh, Number one is what happens with Duncan Keith. And if he decides to retire, they've talked to him about that they need to know prior to July 1st what, uh, you know, he's thinking in terms of whether he's going to play next season or not. I think they're fully prepared to have him on defense next season. But if he decides to retire, uh, right away you have $5.5 million off the cap. Plus, uh, a lot of that cap recapture goes back to the Chicago Blackhawks and the orders actually get an additional $3.4 million in cap relief. So that's a swing of almost $9 million in cap space that the orders don't have right now. Uh, the other one, of course, is Mike Smith, who, you know, uh, you know, what can I say about him? He's 40 years old. He, I think he gave the Oilers everything that he has. Uh, but I don't know if the Oilers can go into next season with Mike Smith as the number one goaltender. And- they gave him a two-year contract, Paul. That, yeah. was nuts. that was nuts. Yeah, they did. But I think that was to keep the cap number low. Um, I think otherwise they would have paid him three or, uh, or more because his numbers dictated that he was a you know, at that time, number wise, a top, maybe 15 goaltender in the NHL. So to get him for 2 million, maybe they had to include that second year. And ultimately, if he decides to retire, they had a goaltender that was basically their starter and carried them through the playoffs for $2 million. 
And uh, as you know, uh, Miko Koskinen, uh, we knew <laughs> we knew a while back. He signed with Lugano, but I, you know, I have to say, when Co- uh, Smith was out for the majority of the year, and Koskinen was okay. He's not a starter. He could be a very good backup in the NHL, but. You know, he, he's made his money. He's 30-some years old. He's going back to Europe close to his family. Uh, I can't begrudge the guy that. But I, I think in terms of Oilers fans here, I think they have nothing to say. But, uh, you know, Koskinen did the best he could. He was not a number one goalie. But, you know, if somebody offers you or I the money, uh, we're going to take it and uh, do the best we can. And that I think that's what happened with Koskinen. I don't think that he was ever... Uh, a number one goaltender, even though, uh, you know, they signed the contract for him to be one. Right. So two things on that. I When Edmonton came through here in Philly, um, I, I stayed on the Edmonton side. And at that time, Koskinen had a little run going and kind of mm-hmm. did keep the season going. So I get it. Um, but on the other end, I think it's Ken Hitchcock that fell in love with Koskinen thinking he was going to be this top goalie. And that, that was some bad scouting there. Yeah, and well, the thing with Koskinen that we found over the years is that he's fine if you can rest him and play him, you know, every third night or something like that. But, you know, when you have a situation like when Smith was out for an extended period of time and you have to run him, you know, four out of five nights or sorry, four out of seven nights or four out of six nights, you know, he'll give you two very good starts out of that. But then near the end, that's when the wheels fall off. and And the problem for him was you know, the early goals in the game where, you know, if you, if you look at the stats for the Oilers, the Oilers were probably near the bottom of the league in terms of, you know, not scoring a first goal. Uh, the other team scored the first goal the majority of the time against the Edmonton Oilers, which they've been playing catch up pretty much uh, the majority of the games this season. All right. We'll have more with Paul about the Oilers, including what the plan for Evander Kane is coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, from expert mechanics to beginner do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whatever you need for your car, you'll be able to find it and get it. Get your car in shape. Go to rockauto.com now and see the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you and amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com before we get to our last segment on the oilers and potential trades with the flyers we have an important favor to ask you locked on has put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners just like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast, like Locked On Flyers, even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On shows. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey qualifies for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take that survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and thanks for your help. So I think the other big question that a lot of people out there have is, will they re-sign Evander Kane? I think, uh, again, that Duncan Keith uh, 
situation probably plays a lot into it because that would add a significant amount of cap space. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other the other part of it is, uh, you know, he's going to test free agency, and is there are there going to be uh, a lot of teams willing to pay Evander Kane six seven million dollars or more? Um, I don't know, and for how many years? So uh, I know that uh, from everything he says and everything we've read and everything we've seen that he enjoyed being here. He gets along with the leadership group very well. Um, he's exactly the type of winger that Connor McDavid needed, which is a guy with a little bit of a physical presence um, against Calgary. Uh, not too many guys messed with McDavid because Kane was there. Uh, you know, Kachuk was totally absent during the, the Calgary Edmonton series. And I think that Evander Kane played a big part of that. Um, and Evander Kane, you know, he was on a 40-some goal pace playing with the Oilers for half a season. And then he added another 13 goals in the playoffs. You know, uh, had the Oilers continued and gone on to the Stanley Cup final, he would be pushing, uh, you know, a flyer Reggie Leach and an Oiler Yari Curry maybe for the goal-scoring record in one playoff season. So uh, there's a lot to like about Evander Kane. He was a good citizen while he was here. Uh, we didn't hear anything uh bad about uh the way he was treating his teammates or anything uh off ice related so uh from that perspective uh his uh new uh, uh girlfriend had a had a baby here in edmonton and she was very happy moving up here so i think there's a lot of things for evander kane to consider in terms of what is being offered and where he would like to be um and uh i think it all it's all going to come down to uh, what are other teams going to offer Evander Kane and, and what situation are the Oilers in in terms of being able to afford him uh, under the cap? Well, here here's the, the bugaboo. I mean, it's easy for, for Kane to be on his best behavior for a half of season, especially with the situation that went on in San Jose, knowing that this is it. Like, if he screwed yep. up in Edmonton, he wasn't getting another job. But he did prove himself, which he usually does on the ice. Off ice is always another adventure. But he is probably not getting more than two years from teams on the outside market. He probably will get the six to seven that you're talking about, but I don't think they're going to give him the term. And here's the problem. Ken Holland's been handing out term, you know, like it's ice cream on a hot day. Is he going to fold on that too? Well, I think it all comes down to what other teams are willing to do. I mean, if other teams are only willing to go two years, then you say, well, we're willing to go, we're willing to match that. And I think that's what the orders are waiting for. And they're waiting and they're waiting to see, you know, uh, what shakes out? I mean, they have three RFA young players that they have to consider what they're going to pay those three to stay. Um, and then, the, you know, uh, like I mentioned before, there's a Duncan Keith situation. And then the other situation is they need to find a goaltender. And that's not going to come cheap, right? So, uh, I mean, there's different aspects of the roster that... So since you said it, the goalie. So yeah, are, are they going to be heavy into Jack Campbell? And are they looking at the John Gibson market now that at least... There's a, a willingness on on Gibson's part to be traded. We don't know if yeah. Verbeek's going to want to trade him, but well, the other side of it is, uh, you know, we don't know if the Ducks would want to trade him within their division. Uh, number one, uh, there's other Fair teams, that, you know, there's other teams that need goaltenders. Toronto needs a goaltender, although uh, yeah. they're in a worse cap space than the Edmonton Oilers right now. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, the team in the Stanley Cup final, 
the Colorado Avalanche are going to need a goaltender. You know, they're going to have their own pressures cap wise coming up. I mean, uh, right what now, if Darcy they... Kemper has like four shutouts in the, in the Stanley cup. Come on, Paul, give him a chance. I know. Well, <laughs> Kemper was a goalie that the Edmonton Oilers were in on as well. Uh, yeah. When Colorado got him. So it's a crazy goalie market. It really it, is. It, the other side of it too, is, you know, there might be free agents out there, maybe not a goaltender, but maybe at other positions that look at the Edmonton Oilers now and say, okay, look at what Evander Kane did. Mm-hmm. And an agent might say, you know, if my client goes there and has a good season, then maybe he's got a big bonanza the following year in terms of signing as a UFA. So we haven't heard uh, of players that might be potential UFAs. Uh, they might come snooping around the order saying, we'll sign for one year at a reasonable rate, knowing if I play with Connor McDavid and I score 40 goals, then I'm back into the seven, $8 million range for my next contract. And you have to show McDavid and Drysaddle that you're prepared to win. And I think the Oilers are all in with that. I think the first-round draft pick this year is on the table. I think a young player like Borgo that they drafted last year who's played extremely well in the Quebec League is on the Mm -hmm. table. Um, I think some of the young defensemen that they have in Bakersfield are on the table. Uh, I would think that maybe the only two guys that wouldn't be would be Holloway and Broberg. So I think the other big question that people have been asking is that it seems like Jesse Pugliarvi and or Kyler Yamamoto are on their way out. And that's where I see maybe some potential for the flyers here to work out a trade. But what, what is your reading of the tea leaves on those two? Well, there's another player as well, and that's McLeod. Uh, McLeod oh, in the yeah. playoffs played yeah. extremely well. I like he's McLeod. A, he's a centerman. He skates, uh, you know, he adds a lot of speed to that third line. Uh, He's pretty much claimed that third line spot, which again, frees up Nuge to move up in the lineup as well. Mm -hmm. And I think he is top priority. Number one, if I was the general manager would be him. Uh, And, you know, uh, I I like Jesse Pugliarvi. Uh, You know, the the tools are all there when you look at this guy. He's a big kid. He's strong. Uh, You know, he's got decent skill. He can play with top players. He can play on your third line and be a decent uh, third line player. I thought the third line of Fogel, Pugliarvi, and McLeod was very good in the playoffs. It was good. No, it was good. The difference with Kyler Yamamoto is I think Kyler Yamamoto's hockey IQ is higher than Pooley Arby's. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and players like McDavid and Drysaddle, I think, like playing with Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, obviously, the, the big difference between Pooley Arby and Yamamoto is Pooley, you, you can't make Pooley Arby six foot three, 210 pounds. <laughs> right. Uh, but the guy gives you everything you have. And again, that's where having a player like Evander Kane you can have a player like Yamamoto in your top six if you have a player like Kane as well on the, right. in your top six. And I think the Oilers in their bottom six, uh, I would say, want to be faster and they want to be bigger. Um, and, and if you look at the playoffs, uh, to me, Jesse Pugliarvi was not – he didn't have any impact whatsoever in the playoffs. No. And when you have – and when you have a player that should be in your top six or, you know, the analytics numbers say that he's a top six player, you expect him to have impact in the playoffs more than just breaking even uh, when he's on the ice. And especially if you get an opportunity to play with McDavid or Dreisaitl. And uh, the big thing to me about Pugliarvi is he doesn't feature on the penalty kill. He doesn't feature on the power play. So how much do you pay a player who plays no special teams uh, and doesn't score at a high rate, you know, can you afford to pay that player $3 million? I don't think so. Yeah. And, you know, Kaylor Yamamoto plays the power play. McLeod yeah. plays the power play. That was the second power play unit was Evander Kane, McLeod, and Yamamoto throughout and the McLeod's whole McLeod's got a nice shot, which I think is getting better as the years go on here. So, 
and he's younger than Pugliarvi. Yeah. And and I'm not, you know, Pugliarvi is a very uh, polarizing fig, figure here in Edmonton because you have the uh, the people that are all in on the stats community. They are 100% by Jesse Pugliarvi. They think he's one of the best players in the NHL. And, you know, uh, there are lots of aspects of Jesse Pugliarvi's game that I like. But there are some aspects of his game that I don't like. I, I, I think the play dies on a stick too often. I don't think he makes good plays with the puck, and I don't think he's a very good finisher. All right, so here's the three-way trade that, that I could offer you. Um, sure. It, it will be the Flyers, the Oilers, and Carolina. Okay. So the Flyers send Konechny to the Oilers. The Oilers send Pugliarvi to to Carolina because – uh, yeah, to Carolina because they both played together, and Netches goes to the Flyers. Yeah, I I don't think the orders I don't think the orders could afford Konechny in their top six. Um, you know, his uh, the orders are looking I think for he's guys five and change. Yeah, yeah, the orders if they're going to pay five and change to somebody, it's going to be Evander Kane. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's been talk as well that the orders uh, might look to somebody like a Josh Anderson out of Montreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the other guy, although he's making a, a fair amount now, he's probably a foreign change. He is, but, uh, you know, the orders would have to move, uh, Tyson Berry back the other way. Or they would, they buy out Zach Cassian. That's the other thing they can do. Right? Well, uh, they could buy out Zach Cassian, or again, you might be looking at including Zach Cassian with a Yessi Pugliarvi to get rid of his salary. Yeah. Uh, the other guy as well, uh, that, you know, is, is Warren Fogel. You know, at close to $3 million, he might be a guy that's sacrificed because you have Holloway and McLeod on the third line. Right. And Holloway's a, a left winger, right? So yeah. if, if there's a situation, you know, you have Hyman on the left wing, you have Nuge on the left wing, you could go with Holloway as your third line winger, and he only costs you eight hundred and something. I mean, technically, Holloway at some point could play center. He's a really good center, too. Oh, for sure. But the orders are loaded with centers. You start I know. including I know. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, McLeod. Yeah. Uh, which is fine because McLeod has played the wing as well with with uh, Drysital uh, off and on last year uh, with Yamamoto. Um, you know, I I think the orders what it comes down to with Jesse Pugliarvi is going to be what the agent's going to ask for a contract. Earlier in the year, people were saying, "Oh, we have to sign him long term at three to four million dollars a year. He's a very very valuable member." Um, you know, he had a very good start to the season. The first fifteen games, he looked like he was a bona fide first line player our first, uh, you know, top six player. And then his, his stats just went in the tank. Now he had COVID, he had another injury, but I can't think of too many members of the Edmonton Oilers that didn't go through COVID. Yeah. See, it sounds like you're cutting out the middleman here, Paul, and you're just going to call, you're just going to call Carolina and say, why don't we just trade pull your RV for Netches and you'll save some money and you'll get a really skilled player and they'll put the two fins back together and everybody's happy. Yeah, it could, it could happen. It could happen. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Stanley Cup Finals, Basketball Championship Finals, Major League Baseball scores, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Uh, I just I just don't know how the Oilers fit Jesse Pugliarvi in based on what they're looking at. And I think if they don't get uh, Evander Kane signed, they're going to be looking for another top six forward in that mold. And like I say, uh, you know, Josh Anderson's the type of guy that fits that mold. 
Um, and Montreal looks to be in a bit of a rebuilding mode. I don't know, you know, pretty soon you might be hearing that guys out of Montreal are going to be moved along. We already know that Jeff Petrie has asked right. to be moved along. Right. So uh, there's the fit. If Jeff Petrie leaves, they need a veteran defenseman back. And, uh, you know, yeah, Tyson... they need to eat some salary, though, for sure. Oh, for sure. Montreal's... Five is not too it's bad a for a guy. It's a lot, but it's a guy that could run your power play. And I have to mm-hmm. say that he was one of the order's better defensemen in the playoffs. I That's think he true. was, you know, he was probably in their top four in terms of defensemen in the playoffs. Uh, now, the thing for him being uh, available is that Bouchard can take over the power play. Right. And, he's, and fully that's capable. A, he's fully capable of doing that now. And that's uh, the reason why the Oilers can make him expendable. I think if the Oilers bring him back, I think that would be fine as well. Uh, the other guy I think that Edmonton is very interested in signing is Kulak. I mean, he's a local kid. Mm. Uh, they got him from Montreal for a second round pick. And from everything we hear, he's open to the idea of staying. He's playing in front of yeah, friends. He's solid. He's solid. He was, Kulak. he was fantastic. And the other guy that was a huge pickup for Holland last year was Cody Cece. He was fantastic. With yeah, the- I, I would be careful about Cece. You know, that that's like getting, you know, that that sports car that is good right now. But if it breaks down. I mean, yep. CC, you know, he his defense, oof, it's going to be bad at times. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, paired up with Darnell Nurse during the season, uh, it was a very good uh, pairing. And, uh, you know, uh, they complemented each other very well. And his playoff was fine. He was fine in the playoffs. So uh, in terms of what the Oilers are paying him, uh, something starting with a three, I think he's fine. And, uh, uh, you know, what they need is they need Bouchard to continue to grow as a defenseman and, and, and become a bona fide top four defenseman. Uh, if they can sign Kulak, uh, we have to wait to see what happens with uh, 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 Duncan Keith. Keith yeah. uh, and, and we'll see what goes from there. I think the so my, last might... thought, my last sure. thought for the Flyers is since Ellis is still like going to be up in the air, maybe we hear yes. something in July, whatever. You know the Flyers could be interested in someone like Barry too, because yeah, you know, then you know then that would be a match. Yeah, I think the Oilers will be looking to move Barry, but I don't think the Oilers are looking to give away Barry. No, I, no, think, no. I think he has some value uh, yeah, yeah. because because he signed at a reasonable amount amount for a quarterback on your power play, and you know he's proven he can play. You know he can't play 25, 26 minutes, no, no. but he can give you you know anywhere between. 17 and 18 minutes if four of those minutes are on the power play it's no problem for him if yeah, he has a yeah. decent partner right uh he skates very well he moves the puck very well and if you're looking for a guy that's going to get the puck up to your forwards very quickly i mean he's a guy that could definitely do that and he can definitely quarterback a power play there's no doubt about that he would be better than keith yando was i will say that i would uh, agree with that 100 percent. yeah <laughs> there was definitely talk about tyson barry when you know previously for the flyers mm-hmm. in terms of an option to go after and so i wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, he was on the table again i'm just curious uh if there's anybody on the flyers that could be on the trading block that the oilers might be interested in well Carter Hart would be number one if he's available. <laughs> uh, right. I'm saying on the table. In that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think it, it all comes down to dollars. What can the Oilers afford to add to their team yeah. uh, from the Flyers that is reasonable? Uh, I don't know if the Flyers would be interested in a player like Warren Fogel if the Oilers decide to move on him as well. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, for the Oilers right now, it's all about they need players that are going to be 
part of the team to push this team forward to make a run over the next three, four years when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl signed. I mean, it doesn't mean they won't sign an extension, but I, I think if you if you don't show that you're ready to win, uh, you know, they there might is not one be... other option for the Oilers. If, sure. if the Flyers see that they they're not coming to terms with Travis Sanheim and Edmonton does, you know, save the money from Keith, Sanheim would be a good guy for them to get because then they could sign him next year. Yeah, I've liked Sandheim for a long time. Uh, again, he's from that area. He's from out yeah. west. He's yeah. Again, it comes down to the dollars, right? And yep. uh, a, a lot of it uh, comes down to you know. I always hate to go back to it, but it it really comes down to three things for the Edmonton Oilers as to what they're able to do this summer. Number one, it comes down to what happens with Duncan Keith. That's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. uh, if Smith retires, that opens up $2 million in the goaltending position as well. If Smith even wants to come, I think the orders have to move on from him anyway. Uh, so, you know, uh, him retiring just is a clean break. Otherwise, they a goaltending coach just say, look, we yeah, like you, but, you know. Absolutely. They could sign him for a five-year contract making two hundred fifty grand a year as a goaltending yes. coach or whatever and say retire, you know, yeah. whatever. But, you know, he may still, you know, knowing him, he still has that fire. But, you know, he went through a tough season with a lot of injuries. And as you get older, you don't want to do that too much uh, any longer. So, uh, but again, the Duncan Keith one is a big one. And Evander Kane is a big one. Uh, Because if Evander Kane comes back, there's not a lot of room to do much else. And now, uh, you know, you look at if Gibson becomes available, uh, obviously Gibson is going to control where he goes. And in terms of a trade, he's got uh, limited no trade. Um, and if Edmonton's not on the list, then they can talk to him. But, you know, if you're the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, or called them Mighty Ducks, geez, that's uh, a throwback. If you're the the Anaheim Ducks, you know, if it's a similar package between the Oilers and a team in the East, I think they'd rather move them to the East. Uh, But, uh, uh, you know, if if I'm Ken Holland, I'm I'm calling the Ducks right away and saying, okay, we have a first-round draft pick this year, 29th albeit. Uh, We have uh, Borgo. We have a young goaltender in Stuart Skinner that we can send back the other way if you like as well. And uh, what do you need to make it happen? Because I think the Oilers, uh, their window is now. It has to be now and it has to be over the next three, four years. And I think any move that they make going forward has to be with that in mind. The years of, uh, you know, developing and futures and all that, I think uh, uh, other than bringing up players who can contribute at a lower cost from the minors that have proven that they can play, I don't think the Oilers are in a situation where they're going to be taking, uh, uh, you know, flyers on players that, uh, pardon the pun, using flyers, right. uh, uh, taking flyers on players that aren't proven at this point. I think they're looking for the the Corey Perrys of the world and the Pat Maroons of the world on the third and fourth line that can contribute, but do it at a very low cost and spend their money on the top six or top uh, seven forwards, uh, your top three, four defensemen and your number one goaltender. Well, that is a lot to digest. Uh, Very so comprehensive. I assume that the Oilers are going to have a busy offseason. Who knows? Maybe there is room for some sort of deal between the Flyers and the Oilers to make this work on both sides. We'll see if Chuck Fletcher makes that phone call. But thank you so much for joining us, Paul. And uh, where can people find you out there? Uh, well, uh, my company is azrcan.net, A-Z-O-R-C-A-N.net. Uh, we do a lot of European tours for uh, hockey teams, soccer teams, uh, old-timers, World Junior Tours. We had uh, 325 people at the World Juniors in the Czech Republic. 
And we'll have probably close to three to 400 at the World Juniors in Sweden, not this winter, but the following one. Nice. And we have people from all across Canada and the United States that join us. So uh, if somebody's interested in uh, going to Europe with their uh, local hockey team or with uh, one of our groups to cheer on the United States as well as Canada at the World Juniors, they're more than welcome to join us. Excellent. Thanks so much. Thank you. Once again, thanks to Paul Almeida. What a fun conversation. I'm not sure that he thinks that the Flyers and Oilers are a good trading pair right now, but you know, I think there's the some open. possibilities. Yeah. There is some possibility. There is. So uh, we'll see what Chuck Fletcher decides to do. Exactly. All right, that'll do it for today's show. We will be back again tomorrow with our mailbag. So once again, get those questions in. And we will be doing our weekly prospect profile on draft-eligible prospect Julian Lutz. So that should be a good piece of information as we get closer to the draft as well. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in those mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Lockdown NHL. Lockdown NHL covers the playoffs like no other. You can hear the latest news and opinions from all our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day.